Today's tea is on awakening to your higher self. This episode goes deep, deep. Let me promise you that. This episode is the most vulnerable I've ever gotten with someone, another woman. And I am so grateful this conversation is going to be put out there against my... (laughs) I'm a little nervous for this to get out there, but this is the path. This is the spiritual path. And I'm ready to be more open about it because it's part of my purpose. Today, you are going to be listening to a conversation between myself and a dear friend of mine from when I was very young. Her name is Korea Joseph. I call her Ria. Synchronistically, we reconnected when I was home recently for the holidays. And now I know why, because this conversation had to happen. And I'm so excited for you to hear the pure divine love that comes through Ria her openness about her journey, which has been full of obstacles and how she has constantly found her way back to the light. We talk a lot about spiritual awakening, ascending our higher self, what we mean by that, breaking free of pain and fear consciousness. It's going to, I think, open you up no matter where you are at on your spiritual journey or if you're not even on it. I hope that this resonates for you in some way or in whatever way it's supposed to, especially when it comes to you healing the relationship you have with yourself, which is ultimately what Rhea and I speak very intimately and vulnerably on. I'm so excited for you to see all the things she's creating. There's so many things that are coming, but right now I want to plug her Instagram. You can follow her at tajours.ria, so T-O-U-J-O-U-R-S dot R-I-A. And you can also follow her amazing company, Santel and Rose, S-A-N-T-A-L-A-N-D-R-O-S-E on Instagram, and then santelandrose.com. She makes beautiful products with pure aromatherapy, so candles, candle melts, and all kinds of beautiful products. She has a lot in progress right now. She's working on a journal. She's working on prints. She plugs it at the end of the episode, but I wanted to make sure it was plugged here because her gifts are needed in this world. And I'm so grateful that you all get to experience the gift that is Rhea. Enjoy today. Hello, hello, and welcome to House of Low. I'm Low, and I am on a mission to create safe spaces to help every single woman on this earth feel her power, live from her truth, find her magic, and discover a love for herself so deeply that it opens her up to love others, step into her purpose, and live life abundantly. I'm so excited you have found your way here. Thank you for joining me. Here we go. All right. I am so honored and excited to be here with a dear friend of mine and someone I've known for a very long time, Korea Joseph. Welcome to the House of Low podcast. Hi, everyone. (laughs) We are going to be talking and spilling the tea on awakening to our higher selves. We've both been experiencing and will continue to experience intense and beautiful spiritual 
awakenings and we're on the spiritual path. So I'm really excited to talk about this today. And just before we get into it, I want to say that I always say, you know, whatever you believe in, this is not about that. This is about deepening your relationship with yourself and realizing that a spark of creator, divine spirit, source, the universe is inside of you. If I don't talk about my spiritual journey, it would be inauthentic of me. And I know it's a challenging thing for any of us to navigate because everyone's path is different, but I'm really excited to bring you on today, Korea, to really open our minds up to the ways in which the spiritual journey can take form in our lives. So I would love for you to just give a little background on you, introduce yourself, and what are you up to these days? Well, I have for the longest been a poet. Poetry is how I navigate everything. And I've been rereading and getting to know my past self, my future self in a way, and mostly my present self and taking ownership over Mm -hmm. my present self. I would say I have evolved very completely. Mm -hmm. As Lauren was just saying, it's not so much about what you believe. It just is. Yeah. I grew up with a completely different belief system Mm -hmm. that I hold now in that I was told specifically not to believe in certain things. And so when I started to wake up, it was shocking to me. I fought it. I thought maybe I was going crazy for a while because I felt like I couldn't talk about it because you can't necessarily with everyone, not everyone is awake. And that sleep is so deep. It's like throwing cold water on someone who has only ever had lukewarm. Yes. And that's okay. That is okay because the people who I needed to talk to found me mm-hmm. and I fought them too. Yeah. <laughs> Believe yeah. me, I fought them. But now it's just like this kinship that we find each other and that yes, that's right. great. I am now surrounded and very thankful to be surrounded by the best kind of people but also people who hold the same responsibility that I do. It is heavy, but none of us carry it alone. And I think that is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. So I would say that what I've been up to right now, I I run a self-care company. It's called St. Helen Rose. It's primarily centered around candles inspired by my poetry. Mm -hmm. But my poetry is not just about love. It is a love story, but it's all the fragments of love. It's your story. Your life is your story. Our lovers are part of that. Yeah but they are not our story. Our children are part of that, but they are not our story. It's just living. It's, I fell in love with the sky today. I Mm. had to change everything today and it hurt and I cracked, but I ran out of glue for that situation. And I knew that it was done. It was more glue than, than concrete, you know? And so I let it go. It's, I bought my own roses because I deserve to be surrounded by roses and I can have that. I have a say. Yes. I have a say. And that I think is your love story. Remembering that you have a say and that you can create a beautiful life. A beautiful life is owed to you, but you have to pay for it. And that paying for it is your choices. It's taking ownership. It's living, not just being alive, not just having things happen. Yeah, it is an active choice. And so I am learning Mm. to navigate those waters. That's, I guess, what I've been up to. Oh, thank you. I love that you took us right there. That's how we like to do it here. (laughs) You know, I will say that on my own spiritual journey, I found poetry. I've always been a writer and enjoyed writing. 
but poetry, and you know, I think poetry is very intimidating for some people. They're like, I could never be a poet. It's like, that seems like a very, but it really does pour out of us. And I have found a lot of people that are on the spiritual path. They find poetry. It just, it allows you to put into words how you're feeling and what's coming through you that cannot always be explained in plain English or plain language. It's because a lot of the spiritual journey is like the embodiment of these things that start to happen that you, and it's your own journey. Everybody has such a different path in terms of how they're initiated. And that's why this term spiritual awakening, we're going to talk a lot about today, but I would love for you to talk about what does it mean to come home to you and has poetry helped you in that process and journey? I would say it absolutely has. Poetry is like, like you said, it flows. I can't say that I write it. It writes, mm. it flows through me. <laughs> yes. So to speak. It is a yes. translation of everything. And I simply hold a pen. Sometimes, you know, I hold a pen. And if I think about a poem too hard, it's no longer me. It's not my style. I don't recognize it. It's foreign. Yes. yes. You know, if I just write, it may be two lines that I write down in a notebook and don't visit again for 10 years because I haven't finished it yet. I haven't Mm. lived it yet. Poetry can sometimes feel unfinished or like it's this living, breathing organism that needs to be nurtured, nourished, and tended back to. Yes. And coming home, when you think of your house, it exists. It's there. It has a foundation. It has walls. It has windows. You can see it. You can feel it. You can touch it. It is there. Yeah. And coming home to you is simply accepting that you are there. You already exist. It's already done. We fight it. We hold on to walls. We lock ourselves in rooms. We step outside. Often we go looking, you know, when someone says a journey or finding yourself, they think they have to go somewhere. Yourself is already there. It's more about acceptance, embracing, choosing what to let go remodeling, perhaps you could think of it that way, decorating, but the house is already there. Mm. You know, you aren't stepping outside. It's looking in the mirror and seeing what is, does it have to look the same way tomorrow? No, I can say, I love that. I am kind. I do not love that. I obsess. I do (laughs) not love that. I covet. I do not love, Yeah. You know, that I hold on to painful people. I can say I don't like these things. Yes. But I can't say that I don't like me. I exist. That will not change. I will not be someone else tomorrow. When I look in the mirror, fundamentally, I will still be there. And that is what coming home means. I cannot run away from myself. And there have been years, days, hours where I could not look in the mirror. I almost willed myself not to exist because what I saw and what I felt was pain. And seeing it reflected on my own face was so overwhelming to me. I feel Mm. tears coming to my eyes even now that I couldn't face it. But that again is a testament that that I am here. Mm -hmm. I cannot escape it. And if me being unable to look at my physical self means that I could not face that pain, I have to acknowledge that it is. Everything is about yourself. So that's what coming home means. I think it's a facing of what is and then deciding how you want to decorate, remodel, whatever. But it's not an outside journey. You aren't going to find yourself somewhere else. You can find pieces of yourself that you become aware of, but you are. And that I think is what it means to come home. 
Oh, that is so profound. I had like chills as you were saying all that. And I've had the exact same experience. And it's wild to hear somebody else describe my experience and that that's been yours because this is happening to a lot of people, if not everyone at some point. And people ask me, you know, I think if I were to describe when I looked in the mirror and had that moment, I've said this before, you know, I've been hiding for a long time and it took a long time for me to say, how did I get here? And to face my own self in the mirror. And to your point, that is us. That is who I am. Like that is me in the mirror. Mm -hmm. But there was a time when I ran from myself and then it, it would in turn hurt other people. I would run from other people and it's a cycle. I always say we just end up running right back into ourselves. Does that resonate with you? I absolutely agree. And as for that realization, that moment was when you asked me the question. I didn't consciously hold that. I didn't think about that before I saw the question. And I think that's part of what waking up is. Mm. It is a constant series of moments. If you allow yourself to be open to it or to the conversation or to meeting, you know, our kindred spirits, it is a constant sometimes uncomfortable thing, oh, yeah. but it is a beautiful thing. It is. And I'll remember again, when I listen to the podcast and as for running and hiding and we carry a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. I think most of us healers, empaths, we carry so much pain because yes. we've ignored ourselves. I can will a need away. Yeah. But that need exists. Like I said, your home exists. And so I am left with pieces that didn't have to break. But forgiving yourself is a huge part of the day after, (laughs) is what I'll call it. I can heal the girl that I was, but that girl didn't know any better. Right. That has been, I think, a lot of what the past two years have been is Mm. simply saying, I forgive, I comfort. I acknowledge what I did not know. And now that I do know, I take ownership. Mm-hmm. I didn't have ownership before because I really didn't know any better. I did genuinely love those people. I still genuinely love those people. Yes. My hurt was not mine. Yes. It happened to me. But now that I've been gifted with awareness, it is a protection if I choose to take it. Yes. If I enter into certain relationships, knowing what I know, having experienced prior, the awareness of what I experienced. Yes. I now have to acknowledge that I have chosen to tolerate. I have chosen to embrace. And that's okay. I think part of who we are, there will always be hurt to it, but that's part of the story. It is. You know, but we are no longer running from that ownership. I hold the keys to my house. I own it. If I let someone in and I, I regret it two days from now, I'm going to look back and learn from it in a way that I didn't before being gifted with that awareness. And that is a protection. That is a gift. We are no longer able to run from ourselves because that awareness is always there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's a voice that woke up in our heads. Yes. That's why when people say they woke up, they awakened. There's no going back. No, there isn't. And if we fight that awakening... It gets hard. Oh, it's, (laughs) and that's really, I love that you spoke about awareness being a gift. And 
I love that we've already identified what I was going to get to later. So thank you, which is personal responsibility and accountability. Victim consciousness is real easy. Mm -hmm. We love to be victims. Yeah. You know, every single one of us, no matter what the circumstances are. But like I said, the biggest challenge is how did I get here? But to take it a step further, because you and I know like there are energies on this earth that are dark. When people say the matrix, like that is what we mean. Like it means that on earth for many years, many centuries, there has been a dark energy. And honestly, earth is in this awakening place right now. Everybody talks about it. There's different terms. There's an awakening. There's the the consciousness, the vibration of the planet is rising. And there's people that are going to look at this and think woo woo, cuckoo, whatever. And then I'll see them on the other side because the energy is shifting so fast. And like you said, as empaths, we can feel it, but let's talk about the matrix, Mm -hmm. which all we mean by the matrix is like the energy of earth has forced people in a way to buy in to fear and pain consciousness. Yes. Fear is a state of mind, Yeah. right? And people are so fascinated by these stories of how people overcame the worst circumstances and have overcome their fears. And what I've learned in my own journey is every single one of us has that power. It's a shift and it's a switch that you have to decide, like you said, back to choosing to turn on. Mm -hmm. And I think to your point, a lot of us, I was one of them, are asleep because we are afraid of what happens when we turn that on. Because even if it's fear, it's still comfortable for a lot of us. So let's talk about choosing to break free of fear consciousness. There are so many sayings just in the secular world. I heard one last night, fortune favors the brave. Mm. You know, people speak about confidence and successful people who all seem to radiate it. Yeah. And Rihanna, actually, I saw a quote where she said, um, someone asked her how she shows up on days. She doesn't feel that confidence. Yeah. And she says, I fake it till I make it. Courage is not the absence of fear. It is action in spite of it. And I think that that fundamental truth has to guide you. That is a journey. Yeah, it is. In and of itself. I am one of the shyest people on the planet. I would recede into myself and never show up if I was allowed to do that. But I'm never going to get any further than I am today because today I'm self-contained and that's cool. But if I want to have a presence, I have to be present. I have to create it. And so I think the fear matrix is simply that constant awareness of potential consequence. And consequence is yeah, waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yes. I was saying this on a recent episode. It's like, why do we have to live life waiting for the other shoe to drop? What if the shoe never drops? And yeah. we wasted years and you know, people waste years because we did yeah. on fear and just scarcity mindset and just I'm doomed or whatever it is. I've lived there. I, why do we have to live life that way? I think. Part of it is because us being gentle spirits, the darkness that you talked about is hugely attracted to our innocence. And so consequence is a, it's a teacher, but it's mostly a prison sentence to a degree. Yeah. Learned helplessness. I don't know if you're familiar with that concept. No. Anyone listening should absolutely look it up. It was a gift that I learned um, in college a while Mm. back. It was an experiment where dogs were put in a cage and that cage had penalties. The cage was a penalty. You touched it. You tried to escape. You were shocked. It caused you pain. 
And that is our primary fear is of pain. Yes. So they were conditioned to know that escaping, becoming their own person, becoming themselves, having any kind of autonomy or power would lead to pain. Yes. And they were conditioned by a master. And like I said, us being gentle spirits, that darkness very much likes to be our master. Mm -hmm. And that's not a weakness. It's just simply that we're pure. We have to be pure to be useful. But in our youth, I'll call it. Yeah. We had a master who taught us that autonomy, all of these things, because we are an enemy of it. It trained us to become an enemy to ourselves. Yes. We learned that these would cause us pain. And so the learned helplessness experiment proved that even when that door was opened, even when the pain was turned off, those dogs would never leave that cage. Wow. Wow. Because I never thought of it that way. Yeah. It's called learned helplessness. Right. And even when we are free of our abuser, free of, say, a parent, free of a relationship, free of the bully in school, whoever it was, even if it was the voice in our own head yeah. that taught us that having autonomy, having a voice, having a presence, showing we, up we are. in any way would cause us pain, it became that case. that prison that's right and awareness is an opening of the door we are now free of that we are free to show up in any way that we want i am no different from rihanna totally neither are you you know totally. and that's just a name i threw out into, the, into totally. the world she's a human same as i am yep but my learned helplessness has encaged me and like you said we fear that other shoe dropping we fear being doomed we fear nothing good happening to us or being unworthy all of these feelings that we have okay what's on the other side of that yes what if i make that facebook post about my business and nobody responds to it what is the worst thing that will happen to me if nobody responds to my facebook post am i going to die no am i going to no longer have a valuable business no it simply means that wasn't my audience so what is on the other that side? That moment, it wasn't what, right. But yes. the next moment, it could be right. Correct. So what is on the other side? If that shoe were to drop, will I yeah. cease to exist? Right. Will I lose my innate value? Am I now worthless because perhaps that audience didn't see my worth? What is on the other side of that shoe? I'll be okay. I still exist. I am so worthy. What I'm putting into the world is still of value. It is still necessary. Yes. I like my home. I just am. I think this has become my fundamental guiding principle. What I put into the world, what I give, the love I show, all of that is a reflection of me. How it is reciprocated, received, that is only ever a reflection of the person in front of me and how much impact I allow that person to have on me, and this is what I was writing about this morning, is dependent upon me. If I have spoken to you and it is an unsatisfactory experience, you cause me pain, I can decide no longer to spend time with you. I no longer want to overlap with you. I will lessen your impact by choosing to uphold my value and simply move on. I can override the shoe that has dropped. And it's a painful thing. I say that like it's nothing. No, it's, it's a, but it's a Facebook. choice. Yeah. It's a choice though. And having nobody respond is a hugely terrifying, painful thing. Right. Loving someone that doesn't love you back is a hugely yes. painful thing. All of these things have broken me or broken off 
pieces of me, but I'm still here. And I've just mended those cracks with gold. And I keep going because I'm not dead. And that's just right. it. I'm not that's dead right. yet. That's right. And so I'm on the other side of a whole bunch of drop shoes. And yes. I can spend time picking them up or being afraid of the next one. Or I can keep going because I have to. Again, that just came to me as she asked me the question. Because am I there yet in action every day? But no. when do we get there? No. It's, it's, not, it's not a destination. But you can distinguish it. And I just want to say thank you for your vulnerability and thank you for going there. My deepest desire is that this is a safe space and that we can go deeper. Mm -hmm. I'm sick of the surface level Mm -hmm. bullshit. I'm sick of these kinds of conversations happening only in secret or barely happening at all, because this is how you break free. Mm-hmm. These conversations, I mean, even a part of me right now, seeing another person who's navigated this journey similarly to me, a part of me just heals more. Like, I agree. this is what I want to create. And I'm so grateful that we reconnected recently. Of course, the divine synchronistically yeah. brought us together so that this conversation could happen. And as because I'm sitting here, chose to show up. Yes. And as I'm sitting here profoundly observing our conversation, I just realized that this conversation is supposed to happen. And I pray whoever is listening feels this in whatever way they need to right now, or whatever message is guided to them, hits them and comes through. Because the truth is we awaken when we are supposed to. And that's what I want to go into is your spiritual awakening, if you will. Like for me, I've had multiple. It happened out of nowhere, there were very big events that I would say cracked these moments mm-hmm. open. Mm-hmm. And if I look back and connect all the dots so far, I was guided through these moments and these awakenings. It was not like I sought out my spiritual awakening and no, nobody, and does. nobody does. Nobody does. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think even now there's a lot of this, there's a big spiritual community and some, not everybody's as pure and as genuine about things. Some people are trying to monetize on this. And my whole thing is it's deeply personal and spirituality is that's another piece about the vibration of the planet. It is, it is. And I think also for me, just before you get into your story, I want to say that we're going to talk about our higher self in this episode. Mm -hmm. And I want us to define that a little bit and have you define what, what we mean by our higher self, but yeah, take us through whatever you feel comfortable sharing about how you've journeyed and navigated through your spiritual journey so far and, you know, your awakening path. It was a series of events. I think I've always been kind. I've always been a giver. I'd heard words like empath and had it resonate. I have friends who've been put into my life for a long time. I've known them for many lives. And whenever you encounter someone that you've known, certain things will awaken in you. Yes. You will have certain awarenesses. I've always felt And I would say like Lauren is clearly an embodiment of light. She is, you're a speaker. You are spreading a word. And that is hugely important for me. I'm not necessarily loud. I am an embodiment. I think of love. That is a huge responsibility. It's very heavy and it's mostly painful, but so is, you know, all of our gifts are heavy, I would say. So I was semi-aware of these things, but it was a, not a conscious thing. A lot of things were happening to me, I would say. I don't think I was navigating the ship. I was surviving. Yeah. And I met someone 
in a strange way. I was already in a painful space. I was already lost, so to speak. I had been abandoned. I had been abused. I was in a hugely abusive situation with family, which is a word that's defined, you know, we'll get into that another time. I met someone, my twin flame. I didn't know what that was at the time. It was just someone who meant so much so quickly. He wanted to marry me. Like it was this insane, all within the space of probably a month, which you know, can sound irrational. It's just when you meet certain people, they crash into you, so to speak. And it imploded. He abandoned me in a horrible way. And I went through, it was like breaking through this. I I can't even describe it. I, I started to I became a completely different version of myself and I became aware of what a twin flame was and the impact. It was like, you know, those shows where they show a mind fracturing and being put back together. Like it felt like I was going crazy. Yes. And it wasn't even over the loss of the relationship. No. It was just a place where pain collided into awareness. Just all of a sudden, these ideas and memories of a past life and just consciousness came to me that were so foreign from anything I had known. I had someone come into my life who is a, I would think of him as a shepherd. And when I tell you, I fought this person. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I darn near called him the devil because Mm -hmm. he was just, he was speaking to the parts that were happening that I could not accept. That's right. And I fought him and he would tell me that my emotions controlled me. And I like to think of myself as mature and in control. And I like to think of myself as I was holding myself together in an impossible situation. Yes. You know, the hurt I felt was valid. All the things I felt were valid. And so I fought him and him saying that my emotions overruled me. And I said, my emotions are valid. He never said that they weren't. He just said that they were governing me. Mm. I was not owner of them. I did not own my emotions. My emotions owned me. And because of that, I acted irrationally. I, I was like a ship without a paddle. I was flowing in the wind. And he said, I see your potential. He's like, I think that you're a phenomenal woman. You have incredible potential, but you're destroying it because your emotions are making you someone that you are not. Yeah. When you act in anger, you are not your genuine self. When you act in fear, you are not your genuine self. When you act in anything, you are not your genuine self because Mm -hmm. a genuine self has to be centered to a degree in order to be a being of unconditional love or light. You have to be centered. And a huge part of that is an unselfishness. Yes. I can want and call it a need, but if that want overrides my ability to show up in the way that I am mandated, it will never be comfortable. And that pain will constantly override my ship. That's right. And that's a heavy thing too. None of us really want to accept that because we want what we want. And we have to figure out how to still be useful if we choose to keep that ship, you know, capsizing thing. You got to be real good at plugging holes then. And and that's okay, but it's an awareness. It is I've chosen and I will carry more because I've chosen. And so my sense of awakening, like I said, it was a, a crashing of, it was that one crack, that one Jenga block that crashed everything. And then I had to put them all back in order. And, and take I, a look at all the parts, yes, all the pieces and all the things. Yes. Yes. That's such a beautiful way to put it. It's like 
your whole self crumbles Mm -hmm. and then you just put it back together in the way it was always designed to in like through the lens of the soul, our soul. And it was a good statue. That's right. I could see that it was good. That's right. It wasn't that I was bad or unworthy. And I think that facing the idea that you are good or worthy for people like us is painful because we have been taught that we shouldn't feel that way. We have been taught or told in some way, even if not in those words that we are bad or unworthy or too much or simply that we take up too much space or or whatever it is that we have been taught. So to, to have someone or, you know, the light that wakes us up, tell us to our faces that we are good or we are worthy, we fight it. Of course we do. It's painful because then we see ourselves the way we'd see a friend who was being hurt. It's no longer okay. It's no longer a numbness. It is now that pain is is present because when something is worthy and it's broken, you cry over it. You know, you feel something. Like I said, I'm no longer the person that I was before that moment. I'm no longer the person I was yesterday. I'm no longer the person I was before this conversation. (laughs) That's right. You know, and so awakening is a constant thing, but it came from the crashing, I'd say, of my Jenga blocks. So beautiful. So I didn't think I was going to say this today, but I will. I am also a twin flame. Mm -hmm. I have one and not everyone has one. And go ahead and define for people what a twin flame is. Because I will say, this is giving me the chills to say it. Part of the vibration of the planet being raised right now is a lot of twin flames have incarnated during this time. Mm -hmm. And a lot of twin flames are finding each other. Mm -hmm. And twin flames have a divine purpose to really be light work, to be light workers ultimately and do something together and, and really help the planet. It's not just about a romantic relationship, but because there's a lot of misconceptions about twins. Yes. It's part of my purpose, I think, to talk about it one day, even though it's deeply personal. But what is your experience of what twin flames are? I think everyone's seen the movie Hancock. Yes. You know, with Will Smith and and Charlie's Theron. I think that is the closest the secular world has come to explaining it. Two beings that have been lovers forever. But... Two halves. Two halves of a whole. I think when you say light worker, I've always felt that people like us, I'm not gonna say we're not people, we're absolute people. That is our embodiment. Yep. But we are fractions of maybe we're students. Right. But we have our life, our actual life has been spent learning love. Yes. We are beings of yes. ultimate ultimate love, unconditional love, unselfish love. And we were brought here because the world has forgotten how to love. Yes. Um, And it's forgotten (laughs) compassion. It is forgotten. You know, we can be kind on the surface. Everyone can be nice. Oh yeah, of course. So many people are broken and hurting. The only way to heal and move forward at the point of destruction the world had come to is for us flames to come and be the good that wasn't found. You know, we volunteered for this, I believe. We chose it. We did choose that. And the thing about a twin flame is it is this ultimate love 
And I think it's similar to what people think of as soulmates, but it's, it's, it's so, so yeah. much beyond that. Like yes. You and I are soulmates. We right. are totally. of light. And so for totally. that reason, we connect as if we've always known each other because we have, yep. but a twin flame is the closest. It is your other half. Your, it is more even than your other half. It is you are one, <laughs> one soul. Yeah. And so, um, and you mirror each other. Yes. So it's often twin yes. flames are also called mirror souls. And this means yes. that you're exactly the same in every way, mm-hmm. vibrationally. Mm-hmm. And this means that when you meet, there's a intensity that you cannot put into words, but at the same time, you trigger each other. Feels like because, yes, but your wounds are the same. And so you're deeply triggered. Yes. It's not like soulmates often make us feel very comfortable. Right. And twin flame, you can feel very comfortable too, but it's like whatever's unhealed comes right to the surface. And, and a lot of people can't be around it. Is our purpose. That's right. It often kicks off a depth of healing that one in a human body would never choose. <laughs> I could tell you that. No, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, and the thing about true love is that it's not infatuation. That's right. Not Obsession. Rainbows. It's, right. It's not roses. No. True love. It is not make me feel good, no. you know, and make me feel validated. And you're here to make me feel fill yeah, in the blank. That is conditional love. And that's what most people are bought into. Let's be exactly. honest. Exactly. It is a selfish thing yes. that they believe love is, it is such an unselfish thing. Yes. But with twin flames, you have a feminine and masculine, and that doesn't necessarily mean the female. And no, male. no, it's not gender. It's simply, they call masculine qualities because that's the easiest way for us to understand. Sure. You have strength, you have guidance, you have leadership. Someone might consider that masculine, but it, women embody that. It's just- of course. These are terms we have to use to make it understood to humans. Yep. So you have two people who are the same, but who may embody the same thing differently. Yes. And for that reason, you may butt heads. Yep. Because if I had a clone, I probably wouldn't like her very much. I would annoy <laughs> the crap out of her. <laughs> yes. And that yes. is part of the twin frame struggle. But in order to teach love, in order to embody love, that healing that you talked about has to happen. It does. We carry so much. It is painful to face someone who is as aware as you are. <laughs> and yes, in order to live as humans, the imperfections we took on, you can't necessarily carry the weight of the pain that comes with healing all the time. And when you're with your twin flame, it is like facing a mirror. Yeah. And that can be so excruciatingly painful. Yes. But sometimes you cannot coexist. And that in itself has pain, but it's a choosing of pain. And the thing about Twin Flames is there's usually a runner, not a pursuer, but a constant. I'd call it a constant and you have a runner. And the runner simply isn't quite on the same level as you are yet. But I also can't take ownership for their pain because I don't necessarily have their experience and your experience um, supposed to have different experiences. Correct. And so that path to healing may not always synchronize at the same time or on the timeline you'd like it to, because that that selfish part of love is not I'd like it to statement. It all boils down to, we came here to give love. That is an extraordinarily heavy thing. Yeah. It requires so much. Last night I was with my fiance and he was expressing a pain of his. And in order to listen, you almost step outside of yourself. You put yeah. yourself on a shelf 
and you are an empty vessel that listens in a way that allows you not even to respond, but to feel, to empathize with another human being. Yes. I cannot tell you your experience is not your experience. I cannot tell you anything other than, I'm so sorry, feel that way. Right. I may be able to offer some part of my experience that I hope can offer you comfort or validation or I can ease your path because I've walked it already, but I cannot take your experience away from you. And that was a moment where I was aware of love between the two of us because I was not inside of myself. It was not about what I wanted or needed in that moment, which was to lay down and have him rub my back, which has been great. But he was not in a place emotionally because of his day, because of his month, whatever it was. Yep where he could do that for me. And so I put my need, not my want, and call it a want on a shelf. Yeah. And I was 100% present with him. And that is one kind of love that we show. There's so many different kinds right. of love. Absolutely. That require us to be present, require us to give, require us to step outside of ourselves. I think ourselves and our wants yes. are the human Absolutely. form. Absolutely. They are human. Yep. You know, and, and that was actually what my shepherd said. He said, these things you keep talking about, those are human wants. Of course. They are valid. And they're fickle though. Yeah. They'll come and go. And once you get that, it's like the next thing you got to get. Yes. It's like, that is part of the human experience to be on this constant striving and climbing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think what a spiritual, what awakening spiritually does is it basically alchemizes all of yeah, that. You're above. You're already right? above it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I mean by there's high. no more, there's no more climbing. Yes. Yeah. You're just on the path. You allow yourself to be guided a little bit. To your mm-hmm. point, we have to take inspired action. I'm not here saying lie down and just see what happens. That's not no. the message. But the message is to also know when to chill and to be still and to let things unfold because we don't trust at all. Back to the waiting for the shoe to drop. Mm-hmm. And when you awaken spiritually, you realize that there is a higher power that is very much trying to allow you to step into the life you do at a soul level deeply desire. Yes. And so talk to me about miracles and what your perspective is on miracles, because people know I say this all the time. Magic is real. Of course it is. And I don't mean pulling a bunny out of a hat, but of course that could happen. I really mean that I struggle to put this into words. This is one of the things I want to try to figure out how to articulate Mm -hmm. what I have experienced on my path. I pray everyone can experience because it is a synchronicity that I, I would never have believed is possible. Mm -hmm. And it's like, one has to experience it to even believe it in a way, but I I'm all about believing it to see it. But all of a sudden out of nowhere, as I navigated my awakening, circumstances, people, events, things were guided to me mm-hmm. to either support me, help me change and, and step into my more higher self. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I call it magic because mm-hmm. they literally drop out of the sky. Yeah, these these exactly opportunities or circumstances or events. And all of a sudden it's like, because I faced the darkness to your point, mm-hmm. this whole path was just illuminated for me. Yes. And all of a sudden along that path are all these things for lack of a better word that were waiting for me the whole time. And they're honestly, those things, people, circumstances, events only help me further my path. 
Yes. And that's what I call synchronicity. It's what I call magic. It's what I call miracles. Mm -hmm. And so I would love for you to talk about your perspective on miracles and synchronicity. Okay. And I've actually spoken about this with a few different people. You saying that your path was basically cleared for you to step into your power. Like I said, you are a being of light. That is a necessary thing. This conversation was necessary. It had to happen. So if it had to happen, the way had to be made for you. That is a kindness. I am not going to require something from you and then allow walls to remain in your way. You know, far be it from me to ask you to take a test and not give you the paper and the pencil. Yeah. So for you as a being of light, you would be financially supported. You have the ability to, to exist in spaces where you would meet the right people. Yes. You know, if a message has to be brought, the speaker will get there. Mm. So you as a being of light, those synchronicities have to exist. So yes, that would be a miracle. For me as a being of love, I cannot tell you how many people find their way to me in moments where they needed to be loved, whether it was for five minutes, Mm. five months, whatever it was. And I think for me, I always become aware at a certain point, and I may even express it. Nowadays, I express it because I'm aware of it. Yes. I am put into someone's life to give them choice. Yes. I will lift some of their pain. I will see the person they have the ability to be. I will comfort. I will nurture. I will love. But at some point, they will be given a choice. And they can either step into what I'm offering or I will be removed because. I've done everything I can do. And that's always painful for me because I've fallen in love with these people. It's a very painful path for me, but it's apparently the one I chose. And me being put into the life of someone who needed me, I would say is a miracle. Mm. You know, I didn't have to be there. It could have been Joe Blow who didn't look up from his phone. Right. So many people who've lost someone who just needed to talk about it for a minute. Yes. I was a cell phone person. I sold cell phones and somehow 99% of my customers just were in horrible pain that day and needed me to carry it for them. Like, that's not an accident. Yeah. You and I meeting if this conversation was necessary. It wasn't an accident. That's right. And your mom inviting me to have, you know, the pop-up that I did. Yes. Opened the way for that. Facilitated it. It did. I never would have had the courage otherwise. I'm not a courageous person, but I was gifted in because, you know, it's necessary. I do have to have sustenance, things like that. Even just the whole food and clothing thing. I'm not on the street. There've been a million times where I could have been. I'll share a very painful experience. I went to Florida for a while. I was supposed to have a support system. I was supposed to have a lot of things. I'll say supposed to, because I was promised that abandonment has been a huge part of my story and I was abandoned in a very ugly way. I had someone who was supposed to love me, tell me that I was unworthy that I could scrub my skin and still never be clean because I was dirty on the inside and no one would ever love me. And I deserve to be abused. Mm. And that person left me on the street with my child at 10 o'clock at night. I don't know if they expect me to beg. I don't know if they were trying to break me. I don't know what their purpose was. That's beyond me. But I was left with nowhere to go with a six-year-old child. Yeah. I had very little money left. I had no vehicle. 
for anyone who doesn't know this, McDonald's are open 24 hours. And I wish I didn't know that because that's where I had to go. I had $650 to my name. I sat in that McDonald's trying to reach anyone. I couldn't. Mm. Everyone was asleep or I could not reach a single friend. Not one. I could not book a hotel. I didn't have my debit card for whatever reason. I didn't, I, I didn't have certain things. I was trapped yeah. in this McDonald's for these hours and I could not book a hotel room. The hotel room would have been about $250, something like that. It would have been a very large chunk of my money. I could not book one. Finally, I found the most obscure friend who came and picked me up. We actually stayed at a friend's house. They happened to be just passing through the night. They happened to be there. We all kind of slept on couches and I found an ad for a woman who was renting a room for $650 for the month. Oh my God. Had I gotten that hotel that I so desperately thought was my only option, I would not have been able to afford that room. Wow. Oh my gosh. I almost lost my job. You know, he didn't care that I was homeless now. Nobody cared, but someone cared enough to leave me. Mm -hmm. But enough. And that enough is the definition of a miracle. It doesn't have to be grand. It doesn't have to be a million dollars. It's that enough to get you to the next day. That's right. Even if it doesn't look or feel that way. And that room wasn't permanent. It wasn't the best situation, but it was enough. And it put me in the path of the next enough. And that enough and enough has brought me here. You know, like my health is poor, but I'm here. Yeah. And it's enough today. Yes. Miracles are real. Thank you so much for sharing that. (laughs) That is so powerful. I can feel that in my body. I can almost like feel that moment for you and how horrifying it must have been. Oh gosh. For a miracle. Feeling like I failed my kid. (laughs) Yeah. And for a miracle to have dropped in like that. Yeah. Of course it did. It did. I mean, it's, it's, I met my fiance shortly thereafter. I mean, there were a series of things that happened kind of in between. And even him, he was probably the first person. I swear there was a ray of light around him. Yeah. <laughs> and our relationship isn't perfect. We've had plenty of, I mean, the things we've had to overcome are yeah. extraordinary. And that's a story for another day. But I knew immediately that this was a fundamental person in my story. Like I, yes. I knew that I saw that it was yes. a magnetism. Yes. Just like you are. Mm-hmm. And the more aware you become when you're necessary or like it's a magnetism. That's right. You have such a powerful story and I can feel that it's meant to be told in whatever way you want it to be told. It and I think, compassion. yeah, yeah. And I think through even your poetry, there's a lot that it can be sort of told and speak to people and speak to their heart in the way that it needs to. But so. I'm so grateful that you shared your story. That means the world. And I know it's going to touch a lot of people. So thank you for your vulnerability. I want whoever is listening, because I have a feeling if you've gravitated towards the idea of healing, it's because you're in pain. Mm. It's because you might feel alone. You aren't. I could have told that story from a place of shame. Yep. Only having $650 with a child 
that could be shameful. There are plenty of mothers who would hear that I spent the night at McDonald's and shame me for it. I told it for the blessing that it was. I don't think it lessens my value. No. The words of the person who told me that I was unworthy do not lessen my value. No. So you have to look at your story and understand that your value is a fundamental thing. That's right. It just is. No matter where you are, no matter what you think you have or should have, no matter who you've compared yourself to today, if you are in pain, please understand that it does not take away from your fundamental value. It does not take away from where you're going. You may not be able to see it yet, but no timeline has to match anyone else's. I don't care if Susie Joe from high school has five kids and lives in a mansion. That's her story. Good for her. Your story isn't over yet. Mm. Please understand that. Mic drop. There's always a mic drop moment. And that's, I'm going to keep saying mic drop in every episode. <laughs> People that. are going to be like, she loves to say mic drop. And I do. I just have to say it is the truest form that I can put in the words of what a spiritual awakening is, is actually what you just said is making peace with where you've been and actually deciding once and for all that you're stepping on to your path. Forget everybody else's, forget everybody else's path. This is your path. It's always leading us somewhere and we can't always see it, but it is, I think a spiritual awakening is ultimately about just taking the next best step that you can with the information you have at the time. Yes. You know, and that leads me into My mission on this earth is to help everyone live an abundant life. What does that mean? It means something different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I especially really want women to be stepping into abundance and living whatever life looks to for them abundantly. Yes. I would love for you to talk about at the place you're at now. And as you step into the next season of your life, Mm -hmm. what does living an abundant life look like to you? I'll say two things. I've often thought about time travel and Mm. most of us think about that because we want to change something. Yeah. And there are hugely painful reasons for that, of course. But if I took away any given event in my story, I would not have something I have now. Mm. The events that led to my daughter's birth are excruciating. Yes. But I would not trade that miracle child Yes. For anything. Yes. I would live it all exactly the same way because if I changed one thing, I would not have her. Yep. Even beyond that, I would not be me. And the person that I am has proven to be a value. That's right. Will continue to be. So don't, and again, hugely painful topic, but I am who I'm supposed to be today. I believe that. Now to live in abundance, especially for women, I think has a great deal to do with connection Mm, because we have not so much support. If we have children, it's hard to work enough to make enough. We only have so many skills. We only have so much time, but as a collective, and if you look at, they call primitive villages or communities, that connection is what makes everybody function. Yeah, you know, totally. Yes. You know, we may have one person who watches all the children. Yes. You know, we may have a healer. We have true a, community. Yes. And so I think 
the giving, the connecting, the word free. I, I'm not sure how to phrase it, but the the sharing of resources. Yes, yes. You know, I think is the mm. key to abundance because we all have needs, and I think we were meant to link so that we could carry the weight of the just the physical existence because there are. You know, we didn't have to pay for anything when we were students of light, (laughs) but the physical body has requirements. That's right. And so I think almost a network of resources among women, I think is hugely necessary. And when you say abundance, people think extravagance. Yeah, they do. Abundance is actually an awareness of what you have. And is that enough that we spoke about? That's right. Um, Oh, you know, so I have an abundance of love if I choose to tune into it. My daughter has said she loves me 52 times today. <laughs> yeah. How blessed am I? Oh. However, did I listen? Did I hear it? Did I push her away? Yeah. You know, and that's the being present part. So abundance is very linked to being present. Oh. And something I became aware of recently in a conversation was bad things are heavy. They weigh on us good things are light. And because they do not weigh on us, it's so easy to bypass them, to forget. Yes. When you think about the weight of your day, 99% of the time you dump out the heavy thing. Totally. Whereas you had a bad hour, you had a bad minute, you had a bad interaction. You did not necessarily have a bad day. Yeah, But that perspective is very difficult to have. And I think we'll talk about that later when it comes to rituals and things that can help with that. So when you say abundance, I think it has a great deal to do, again, with the awareness of the gifts you've been given. It is Mm. a shift of perspective. I mean, granted, physical resources, human needs, those are absolutely a factor in the connection. But that enoughness should primarily be the thing you weigh your scale against, you know, because if we are on the train of it's never enough, there's never enough. Mm -hmm. That toxic cycle never ends. So never enough equals never ends. Like, I just love that you took it there because it's a hundred percent what the message that we're trying to talk about here. Mm -hmm. It's deciding what you desire, choosing you're worthy of it, and then taking action and letting the miracles come in yes. that support you on that path. Yes. But ultimately, if we're in a place of there's never enough, then we're always going to be seeking more. Mm-hmm. And abundance mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. truly about there is enough, I have enough, and I actually can be joyful in yes. this enoughness. Yes. yes. I can share the good. I can share, and share. That's the right. gratitude. That's right. You know, either in my notebook, or with my partner, with my child, I can celebrate the things I probably wished for right. 10 years ago, right. five years ago, five minutes ago. And they're here. Now. They're here. Have I stopped to appreciate that? Appreciation, I think, is another huge mm-hmm. word. Because if we're always looking for that thing that we think we need or want, we miss appreciation for what we have. That's right. And I can go to sleep with 5,000 bits of anxiety, or I can be thankful for the bed that I'm in. You know how many times I haven't had a bed? Yes. In my adult life, a bed, you know, like I bought a bed. I get to sleep in it every day. That's that right. is a huge thing. That's right. My daughter has a bed. My daughter has a room. Yeah. You know, I wished for that. 
I have it now. Why is my last thought before I go to sleep one of anxiety? Right. Five years ago, whenever the last time I didn't have a bed was, my bit of anxiety was getting a bed. I have that now. So it comes. It does. You know, and like you said, that never ending thing, it's what is enough for today? Yes. You know, and we'll get which ties into even the presence. You talk about being present. I think abundance is very tied to presence today. Yeah. Tomorrow's another day, but today I have enough. And I am enough. A lot of, yes, a lot of abundance is about actually believing we are enough. Yes. (laughs) You know? Yes. Yes. That our value is innate. Yeah. That is abundance. Which brings us full circle to what you said at the very beginning, which is so, so beautiful. And I would love for you as we end here to talk to us about, I love to give rituals or Mm -hmm. practices Mm -hmm. that can really support women on their journey. And in the context of the spiritual journey, are there maybe one to three rituals or practices that you would offer to someone listening that could support them on their spiritual path? Absolutely. The world is loud. So you have to find a way to quiet it enough to hear that voice that we are now gifted with. Yeah. You have to center and For that reason, I created St. Helen Rose. I have aromatherapy candles that each have a mood, you know, the poem that goes along with it. Eucalyptus, for example, puts me in a calm meditative state. Lavender is soothing to me. You know, rose just makes me feel pretty. And so at the end of the night or in the middle of the day, I will step into water. Mm. Water for me is my element. For some people, it's stepping outside. Yes. You know, and that helps me too. But I will take a shower. Yes. I will feel the water. Yes. And then I will get out and I will take a few minutes to rub an oil or a lotion, a scented one that I like into my skin. I will be consciously aware that I am taking that time. Yes. To embrace my skin, embrace a peaceful moment. Those actions are calming. Yeah. Centering. It's like a reset. Yeah. Other times I will draw a bath with mostly just hot water. It's not really like bubbles or anything. And I'll put eucalyptus oil in the water, which is my scent. It happens to be my calming scent. It's kind of hot. And I will just feel nothing. Yeah. I have to breathe in, breathe out, breathe in, breathe out. You know, and you can do that. If you can't get into water, you can stop in your head and imagine the waves and breathe in, breathe out. Yep. Some people carry, you know, they're sent with them. You can carry it on a bracelet. You can carry. So I'd say aromatherapy, taking a moment with your skin and that conscious breathing mm. all links in those moments to a reset. And you can kind of do that anywhere. Yes. Step into the bathroom. Absolutely. Breathe in, breathe out, shower, whatever you have available to you. Take a few minutes. Just exist. Like I said, with perspective, maybe decide before you go to bed to consciously think of a good thing. Yeah. Consciously be thankful for something. I really like soft blankets. You know what I mean? Like just yes. something simple. Consciously think of it before you go to sleep because the state you are when you're resting is going to absolutely determine the day to come. That's right. And the third thing that has become really important to me because we get overwhelmed because we think we have to carry everything. When I make my to-do list, I have to prioritize it differently. Mm. 
I absolutely have to, for a deadline reason, do this thing. This is an absolute have to today. Yeah. These are other things that I need to accomplish at some point. Maybe I can fraction it off to this week. I can fraction it off to, you know, whatever. It might become a monthly goal for my business. I can accomplish one. Totally. You know what it is, but I'm I'm prioritizing differently in a way that gives me grace. I can say I need to do these 25 things today and fail and hate myself for it. Or I can say today, this week, this month, this year. Mm, and then love it. also separating, I need to, I want to. Right. I want to immaculately clean my house. <laughs> I need yeah. to make sure there's toilet paper. I need to make sure the towels are clean because yeah. I, I can't function without them. You know, I might not be able to vacuum today. So that's a need versus a, I want. And again, you give yourself grace on the fact that you are human and you only have so much time. And you do need to allot time just to alone, conscious meditation. And you can't do that if your mind is so crowded. And it's a dooming yourself to failure thing. Right. If you don't prioritize. Right. You know, and write things down. Yeah. It's easier not to forget them. So I think those are my probably my most important rituals right now. Hmm. Thank you so much for those. I just want to say you are an embodiment of love, truly. And you have one of the most powerful energies I've ever felt. You are here for such a big purpose and you're living it right now. It's unfolding right now, but I just want to honor you and celebrate you for the life you've lived so far and for spreading the love that you have to give and teaching through your own experience, because we need you and we need the wisdom that is so innately in you and comes through you. And we need your art. I just see you as an artist and someone who has so many gifts and talents. And I think I can feel that there's a lot more that you're going to be sharing with the world. And I'm so excited. Trying to break out of my shell, but you, Lauren, I've always admired you from afar it's almost afraid to talk to you you spoke to me because you are an embodiment of power Mm. and light you You show up in such a beautiful trailblazing way you can't not stare and take note and pay attention but the most beautiful part about you is that you embolden and uplift everyone around you Everything you saw in me today would have remained in a hole inside of my house if you hadn't invited me here and you hadn't spoken to me. And I guarantee that every one of the guests that you've had feels the same way. You uplift, you empower, you are a being of such beautiful light. I hope that you only ever feel the love that you are owed. Thank you so much. Oh, oh, that means the world. Thank you so much for saying It's just the truth. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Oh, I would love for you to let people know where they can connect with you, all the things that you're working on, the handles, the website. Yes. I Um, want it all plugged here right now. (laughs) Yes. I recently launched my self-care, my candle business. That is Santel and Rose, S-A-N-T-A-L and R-O-S-E, Santel and Rose. And the brand is a love story. All the yeah. fragments of love we spoke about, you know, whether it's romantic love, motherly love, mostly though, it's self-love. Yeah. Your life is your love story yeah. is 
is my brand's tagline. So I've started that. My candles are inspired by poetry. Yeah. So you can see some of that. I will be releasing my poems in book form, but also in wall art form. Yeah. Individually. <gasps> I can't wait for that. Yeah. Most importantly, I'm going to be diving into the deeper, not necessarily darker, just the deeper things. Yeah. I have a poem called Cracks yeah. that we spoke about, where if you find yourself in a tumultuous life change, yes. you understand that it's okay yeah. and that there's another side. I have a, a poem called Meant to Be that talks about the comfort you'll feel on that other side. Yes. So I hope to do gift boxes that allow you to put into words what you want to send to a friend who's going through something. I love that. You know, so I'm I'm working on that, hoping that my poems give comfort or give guidance. And then I'm working on a journal called Getting Over You. Oh, where um, we dive deeper into some of the things we talked about where you are able to step outside of your experience and understand why it's happening, what it means. Yes. More importantly, how to get past it. So I'm working on that and I will be launching a blog. So that will be tujoursria.com. It's not available yet, but I'll, I'll have that. So that's T-O-U-J-O-U-R-S, Ria, R-I-A.com. Mm. You can always email me. It's tujoursria at outlook.com. You can always find me. My door will always be open. And if I don't have the answer, I'm blessed with a network of women. Yeah. I can point you to. So those are my projects for right mm-hmm. now. Amazing things in the works. I yeah, I have to say you have got to buy her candles and her melts and her just everything smells like pure bliss. And it's like of the earth. There's nothing artificial in anything you create. Absolutely. And the scents are, talk about aromatherapy. I have been experiencing them because we bought so much stuff yes. and I am like, I love them. So yeah. please, please go check out Santel and Rose. It's such a beautiful line. So thank you for creating it. And, and thank you thank for you. your support. Thank mm, you. Thank you for today. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to House of Low today. I encourage you to keep going. Who you're becoming is on the horizon and who you are today is a gift. Never lose sight that you are worthy of all that you deeply desire. Love, Low.